You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. WikiLeaks dumps another alleged CIA cyber manual from Vault 7. Cyber war is the continuation of war, and therefore policy, by other means. Counting the cost of NotPetya, AWS S3 misconfigurations could happen to the best of us, but need not. Chasing innovation in the UK and the US, Alphabase taken down in an international police operation, and what kind of bait is best for phishing? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, July 14, 2017. WikiLeaks yesterday released a manual for HiRISE, also known as TideCheck, allegedly a CIA app that enabled interception of SMS text messages in earlier versions of Android. The Vault 7 leak is dated December 2013. It purports to describe a tool effective against Android versions 4.0 through 4.3, that's ice cream sandwich and jelly bean. It's worth noting that HiRISE wasn't designed to be installed remotely, but required physical interaction with the device on which it was to be placed. This suggests, as Bleeping Computer observes in their coverage of the Vault 7 dump, that HiRISE may have been more of a tool for providing a secure back channel of communication for CIA officers or agents in the field. It's also worth noting again that there's still no publicly available explanation of how WikiLeaks is getting the contents of Vault 7. The one thing that everyone remembers about Karl von Clausewitz is that the Prussian staff officer and philosopher of war famously said that war is the continuation of politics by other means. Now that consensus has come to regard NotPetya as almost surely a Russian operation, observers repeat the conventional Clausewitzian wisdom and discover that cyber-attacks track geopolitical interests. In the case of Russia, those interests often involve fostering chaos and degrading trust, from which one may infer that Russian cyber operations will cast a wide net, just the way NotPetya did. Companies affected by the destructive bogus ransomware campaign are still digging out and assessing the financial damage. They also have financial consequences. Paris-based multinational building materials manufacturer St. Gobain, one of NotPetya's prominent victims, probably lost $230 million in sales due to the attack. That comes to about 1% of the company's first-half sales. St. Gobain said Monday that it had restored all systems to normal operation before the work week began Monday. After the Verizon Nice Systems breach, experts advise Verizon customers to change pins, and of course enterprises need to consider their exposure to third-party risks, as it seems the cause of the data exposure lay in Verizon's vendor, Nice Systems. Experts also advise everyone to pay more attention to how their AWS S3 buckets are configured. 
This represents the third significant data breach this year traceable to AWS S3 misconfigurations by vendors. The earlier incidents were the exposure of Republican National Committee information by Deep Root Analytics and the exposure of sensitive but unclassified information from the National Geospatial Agency by Booz Allen contractors. All inadvertent misconfigurations, all affecting organizations that weren't noticeably slipshod, and all apparently too easy to commit. London-based Bupa, the healthcare firm that disclosed a data breach Wednesday, says it wasn't hacked. A rogue insider, now fired, exposed the information. That insider was at the time employed by Bupa, but companies are advised to keep an eye on departing employees, too. A study sponsored by OneLogin and released yesterday found that about half of all former employees retained access to corporate applications for some time after their departure. And the password management company notes that, quote, failure to deprovision employees has caused a data breach at 20% of the companies represented in the survey, end quote. Governments on both sides of the Atlantic are looking for ways of fostering innovation and closing their security skills gap. In the U.K., GCHQ has established a cybersecurity accelerator, the intelligence agency's second such center. And in the U.S., the Defense Department is seeking to streamline acquisition of cybersecurity products in ways that bypass the familiar cumbersome and long lead-time procurement mechanisms. The U.S. Army, for its part, has introduced an innovative recruiting gimmick, solve a hacker's problem, to attract technical experts who may be eligible for direct accession to cyber branch. Alphabay, Silk Road's successor as market leader in the dark web contraband world, now really is gone. Its fundamentally criminal clientele feared last week that Alphabay's operators were absconding with their money. Not so. It's worse than that. Alphabay was taken down in a joint police operation by Canadian, U.S., and Thai authorities. Its alleged proprietor, Alexander Kazes, is dead, an apparent suicide in a Thai jail. A sad dead end to a young life. He was only 26. Finally, a study by social engineering training and security firm No Before shows that the one weird trick to getting people to bite on your fish bait is to stay professional. Sound like you're from HR or IT, and the people who get your emails are less likely to spit the hook. No Before's look at successful subject lines in phishing emails is a good news, bad news story. The good news is that people aren't swallowing traditional lurid clickbait or pleas from royal or ministerial Nigerian widows as much as they once may have. The bad news is that the fish bait is getting more plausible as it grows more prosaic. The leading lures in No Before Study were security alerts, vacation and sick time policy announcements, and package delivery notifications. The one relatively old-school outlier came in tied at number four, Breaking, United Airlines passenger dies from brain hemorrhage, video, which suggests some lingering morbid sensibilities in the workplace, although two baits tied with it, a delivery attempt was made, and all employees, update your healthcare info. They were consistent with the new, more business-like fishing style. So be careful out there. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. 
In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Rick Howard. He's the chief security officer at Palo Alto Networks, and he also heads up Unit 42, which is their threat intel team. Rick, welcome back. Uh, You've got a great story to share with us today, and this involves the Girl Scouts of America. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, David. Um, you and I have talked in the past about the shortage of cybersecurity professionals just in general. Uh, CSO Magazine said this year that worldwide, okay, there is a million unfilled jobs. And when you consider women in the network defender community, Forbes said last year that they make up only 11% of the cybersecurity workforce. And if you add a minority to that checklist, say a black woman or a Hispanic woman, that number drops to under 1%. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's just amazing, right? And the network defender community, you know, we have been talking about this for a number of years, okay, and hope to fill the gap. But it's clear to all of us that in order to fix it, we're going to have to hire a bucket load more women and minorities if we're going to have any chance of closing the gap. Right. So the problem, though, is that many women and minorities lose interest in STEM stuff. You know, that's I always have to look up the acronym, but it's science, technology, engineering, and math. They lose they they seem they seem to lose interest before they get to college, and there's lots of reasons for this, and they've been well documented. There's a male-dominated culture that turns women off. There's popular culture that pushes women into I'm air quoting here traditional women's roles. Right. Um, Minorities don't have access to strong STEM education. There's a bunch of others. Okay, well, we're tired of just you know listing what the problem is, and we at Palo Alto Networks decided to do something about it. So we've invested and partnered with the Girl Scouts uh, to build a cybersecurity training program for the 1.8 million Girl Scouts in the world today. I think it's fabulous, right? We we're we're going to build a curriculum for 18 cybersecurity badges intended for grades K through 12 in the Girl Scout program. Uh, the instruction will roughly be divided into two categories, online safety and network defender education. And we plan to roll the first badges out sometime in the fall of 2018. And I can't tell you how proud I am that I work for a company who supports an idea like this. Geez, almost 2 million Girl Scouts will receive cybersecurity training throughout their educational careers. They will be nurtured and trained and coached to not only be experts in the field, 
but also to believe that they can make a difference in the field and then they can be leaders in the field and that cybersecurity is a fantastic place to change the world for the better. This is Palo Alto Networks and the Girl Scout organization saying that we want women in the network defender community. We value what they bring to the table and we are willing to help them get there. Yeah, it really is a, a great effort, and uh, hats off to you for this. Uh, and it seems to me like it, it, one of the other things it really does is that it gives them an opportunity to explore this uh, in an environment that they're already comfortable in. I agree with that totally. You know, um, and, and the Girl Scouts are fabulous about it. their entire education at curriculum, not just cybersecurity. And the chance, the idea that we get a chance to kind of hook into their, their fantastic infrastructure and to kind of inject cybersecurity into their environment. I mean, that's just a win-win. All right. Rick Howard, it's good stuff. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, sir. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. My guest today is Raj Samani. He's Chief Scientist and McAfee Fellow at McAfee, and also Special Advisor to the European Cybercrime Center. We began our conversation with a look back at Petya, not Petya. I think the key thing to recognize is, you know, we've talked about Petya, not Petya, as being a ransomware attack. The reality is, is I think both this campaign and equally WannaCry they don't actually follow the same modus operandi that we would expect normal ransomware to take. You can argue that WannaCry may have been a ransomware campaign, and there are certainly indications to suggest that they, they at least had some mechanism to communicate with victims. But, but in, in Petty's example, it, it would appear that this was a campaign designed to cause destruction. And in fact, you know, looking at the number of files that they encrypt, you, it was only 65 file types. And so it was designed to be spread fast, quickly, and as fast as possible. And so where are we with all of this? Well, we, we, we know, obviously, that um, attempts have been made with regards to attribution, but I don't think we've actually settled on an, a malicious act yet. We haven't even settled on a name for, for Petya, actually. So, <laughs> so I, I think we're a little way away, but, you know, in terms of trying to determine, you know, why they did this, how they did this, and, 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 in, and indeed why they, and who, who it was. I think the lesson to learn from all of this is that there's a there's a broader acceptance now amongst businesses that what we do is not is not an IT issue. You know, we've seen examples where nuclear plants have had to switch monitoring modes to manual. We've even even seen examples where companies have had write downs of um, quarterly revenue earnings. And so, 
if anything comes out of this, it has to be a recognition that this is not an IT problem. This is a this is a business issue. What about the notion that uh, perhaps uh, Petya, not Petya, was um, a targeted attack that uh, escaped and, and went a little farther in the wild than it's uh, than um, the people who set it out there had planned for it to? That that may well have been the case, and you know, I, I think if we look at the facts that that, that are presented to us. You know, it would suggest and it would appear in terms of the way that the infections occurred that the the initial target was the Ukraine. Now, that's based upon, you know, the evidence that we have before us in, the, in terms of the fact that the majority of the infections came from there. But it, it's not as simple as that. You know, I remember the good old days. And, and by the good old days, I mean, like, February or March, <laughs> when, you know, when we had, like, the Shamoon attacks. And, you know... We did a we did a significant amount of analysis on the the latest situation of Shamoon, and you know that was great because you know it ra- it waved its hand and it says, hey, we are a targeted campaign, most likely nations like directly, or you know our single purpose is there to disrupt and wipe the computers only that are owned within Saudi Arabia. With Petya not Petya, it kind of appears to be you know I- I'm kind of using terms like like maybe and probably and we think. And certainly we think that it was a a campaign meant to disrupt the Ukraine. Of course, the customers of Medoc were more than just Ukrainian companies, and that's part of the reason why we saw this. But but also, you know, we have to remember that the propagation method was, was pretty effective. I mean, there were multiple propagation methods associated with this. So I suspect that it was, you know, it, it may well have been. But again, you know, every, every answer in our industry is a maybe or probably or yeah, it could be, or depends. It seems as though with with uh, with Petya, not Petya, that uh, this is another example of people sort of bracing themselves, wondering if if this is the big one. Uh, like it's inevitable that one of these is going to hit. That's going to be a, a global pandemic, and uh, you know, uh, is going to cause uh, huge damage. And then we sort of whistle past the graveyard that well, we dodged this bullet. Well, I don't think we did. I mean. You know, you ask the individuals that were impacted, you ask the shipping companies, you ask the legal firms, you ask the, the major PR and advertising firms, did they dodge the bullet? No, but, you know, and I think, Dave, this is probably something that we all kind of feel in this industry, and certainly I feel it anyway. These last couple of months have just been insane. I mean, you know, we, we, we had WannaCry, we had the Cybellum work, we had the Vault 7 disclosures. You know, it, it appears that we veer from crisis to crisis to crisis. One of the reasons why it's becoming such a big issue is just because our dependency on technology is almost ubiquitous. You know, and, and you saw this when, you know, hospitals hit by ransomware, whereby the ability to be able to revert back to manual systems, to be able to continue to provide patient care, you know, we've almost moved on from that. You know, the ability to be able to revert back to manual systems or to be able to not leverage technology I think is lost upon us. And so our dependency on, on technologies is almost ubiquitous now. And it's going to continue as well. So if I'm a board member and I'm looking at my company and I'm, I'm looking across at uh, companies like Maersk who got uh, you know, their shipping capabilities uh, affected by Petya, what should my approach be? How, how do I respond to these sorts of things and protect myself? I guess I could answer the usual answer, which is, security and privacy by design and, and, and so on and so forth. But I, I, I think it's deeper than that. I, look, I used to be a CISO. My boss, I think I, I think I was there for, I think for four years, I probably met them three times. The reality is, is that there's this perception that security is an IT issue. And so do we have this, the, the security team and security department engaged at board level? 
the answer is no. I mean, I, I spoke at the CSA summit in London just recently, and I asked a question, and there were like quite a lot of senior people there, and I said, how many of you have spent any time with the CEO? And less than 5% put their hand up. And, and the reason is, is because there's still this perception that what we do is an IT issue, and yet it's not, because any firm, if you lose access to your systems, if you lose the, the shop window to what you do, not only you know, lose the day-to-day business, but also, and there's this great term that... Um, that the Poneman Institute talk about, which is this thing of the abnormal churn rate, you know, customers will end up leaving you. And actually, that's going to be between 2 to 5%. And in fact, that could be higher. I mean, when Talk Talk were hit, they lost 90, the, the reports were they lost, lost 90 plus thousand customers. And so it's, it's a significant issue. And I think, you know, the board need to recognize that this is not an IT problem. It's actually part of business risk and true business risk. And actually, most firms today are IT whether they like it or not and so there has to be that there has to be that acceptance and recognition and then hiring the right people and then enabling them and empowering them to be able to be senior to be able to make those decisions that's raj samani from mcafee one of the initiatives he's particularly proud of is the no more ransom project which combines the efforts of companies like mcafee intel amazon and others along with international law enforcement to help ransomware victims and to bring the bad guys to justice You can check that out at nomoreransom.org. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Listeners, we're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now.